Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to Sex, Psychics, and Psychedelics, Discovering Inner Liberation. My name is Banana Jane Garnett. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, a lover of freedom, and a relentless explorer of the mind. Please come join me on my journey in hot pursuit of inner illumination and liberation. For more about me, you can find me at the Banana Jane on Instagram. Now let's dive in. My guests today are Dr. Angela Taylor and Brian Matson, MFT, a couple I like to call the psychedelic lovebirds. These guys are a true medicine couple, as well as being my wonderful neighbors in Ojai. They're both therapists and healers who use psychedelics to sustain and stoke their love in ways I find inspiring. Professionally, Dr. Angela Taylor is a licensed psychotherapist and an EMDR practitioner specializing in trauma and soul retrieval. Brian Matson is a marriage and family therapist with advanced trainings in somatic experiencing, packed couple therapy, and dare attachment repatterning and analytic psychology. Both work with psychedelics on a personal level, as well as offering psychedelic integration services to their clients. Welcome, Brian and Angela. So happy to have you here on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Exciting to be here. Fun to be here. <laughs> yeah, all of the things. So I met you guys uh, a year ago when we were all new to Ojai. And two things I remember from that date. One is you brought an amazing cocktail with you um, with homegrown <laughs> citrus. What was in that cocktail? It was so good. Thank you for bringing that back to memory. Yeah. Yes. There was, yeah. Local uh, vodka made by a women-owned local organic vodka. local organic yeah, yeah. vodka from a woman-owned business. Local organic uh, citrus liqueur and very local, about ten feet away, organic citrus. Yeah, from, I mean, this thank was, you this for was, remembering and asking. Yeah. This was the first point of envy. Okay, so first there was this like next level cocktail, and then I had to witness this next level relationship. You know, there was a lot of sharing and caring, and I was like, "Damn, I need to, I need to learn from these guys." Um, oh, and you know, sweet. since then, oh, it's been such a pleasure, and we've you know, it's been so lovely getting to know you and 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 witnessing this this lovely relationship and all the rituals I don't witness all the rituals but I hear about some of them from you guys so so let's orient you've been together for how long and how long have you been using psychedelics together gosh the how how long is a little challenging because COVID kind of blends everything um (laughs) I would say what we met five years ago would Mm -hmm. you say about five years ago um and pretty close to after the meeting, it was pretty clear to me. I was like, oh, I could have a future with this woman. I could love this woman. And I don't want to pretend that I'm anything else. But we probably didn't get, we got together actually the week of the COVID shutdown right. um, was when we officially uh, started, like, I guess, as you say, like exploring something deeper that we were both available yeah. to. Um, so. 
I'm, I'm uh, smiling because I forgot like about all these specifics, but we, yeah, it was the Tuesday before the shutdown was the moment where we, um, not verbally, but very energetically. And I started to make changes in my life contracted to, uh, experience each other as partners. And then, um, Actually, that Thursday, I went into the woods in Ojai. I didn't live here yet to just be with what was changing. And when I came out of the woods on Sunday and stepped into the market, I couldn't buy toilet paper because <laughs> COVID the pandemic had begun. And that's exactly when we started. Yeah. So. And, and, and I would say, too, that really looking back on it, that in some ways, altered states or non a non-traditional way of meeting has been present because we met we met dancing in something called ecstatic dance. So we probably danced together for several hours before we ever exchanged words or knew anything about each other. So there was an energetic experience there. And then something else that was always influencing our relationship, at least from my point of view, but I think yours too, is when we would ever, anytime we would have a significant meeting, I would have a dream. Mm -hmm. And I had a series of dreams that would even, even when we finally got together, she just kind of reached out and said, oh, hi, I'm just reaching out to people that I really care about. And we'll say, and then I was like, well, I don't know. Is that a yes? Is that not a yes? And then I had a dream and I told her about the dream. And then once the dream entered, from that point on, the conversation uh, started. And then even a year before we ever got together, I was doing a personal journey. and A psychedelic journey. A psychedelic journey, right. A psychedelic journey. And I received a message about Angela and me and our relationship. And I shared that that with her. Um, like I said, that was a year before we ever got together. What and was that, the message? You've, you've got to be... Uh, specific. Yeah. What was the message? Uh, yeah. In, in, the, in the middle of the journey, there was a, a message that I got was, there's a part of Angela that can come home in you. And I think it was on, on the journey itself when I was still <clears throat> on the mushrooms. I think I sent you that message. Yep, you did. And, uh, and then we had an exchange about that. And then something else occurred to me, too. I went to, uh, to Guatemala in December prior to COVID and, and, and also prior to when Angela and I got together. And while there, I did a day-long San Pedro journey. And San Pedro was like... Uh, it's also a hallucinogen. And, and I was in this beautiful place. I was laying on the back of this tree and, you know, just experiencing. And San Pedro has this beautiful capacity to open your heart. It's called the, the grandfather because it teaches you how to live during the day with an open heart. So I'm there in this expanded state, just having a beautiful time. And all of a sudden, ding. And sure enough, it's Angela. The only text message I get that day is from Angela. And I don't even, I think you said, hey, friend, I'm thinking about you. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are. So anyway, so it's like there's been that from dancing to dreams. And I think the important thing here is the connection and in our invitation. It's not just through psychedelics. Psychedelics is one of the means of exploring a deeper connection. I think one of the foundational principles that she said to me early for her practice, her life, and now for our relating is love is always in the listening. So all of these things are just opportunities for us to listen. We listen first deeply. And then from that place of listening to the truth, then we share with each other. And in the sharing with each other, it builds the intimacy. And 
which for me anyway, I think exploring intimacy and deepening intimacy is the reason we're here in these bodies on this planet. And psychedelics has probably been the most powerful tool next. Well, I don't know, ritual. There's a number of things, but psychedelics has been one of the things because it gives us an expanded experience of ourselves that we can then share with the world and our beloveds, our partners. Mm, Thank you for that. Um, Yeah, I know that that ritual is a very important part um, for you guys of your, you know, when you take psychedelics together, you like to to set up rituals. In fact, we were talking about one, I think yesterday, where you were talking about how you resolve conflicts together. Could you... um, could you talk us through that, how you, you set up the space and, and how you handle a piece of conflict resolution with a, a dose or a microdose? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I think it, it bears repeating just because it's so important, at least for us and in our experience, that it's almost like our experience and our connection was already so energetic that the ritual and psychedelics and it, like you said, other practices, dance and listening and meditation just gives all of that a place to really come together and make sense. (laughs) Um, And in fact, Brian asked me this morning, he's like, what if she asks you, what's the biggest thing psychedelics has done for you? And I was like, how do you answer that? And I realized in, in sitting with that uh, offering was it, it has, it's a container that's big enough for what was already happening inside of me. And so the way that it, that it gives you access to spirit information plays with time, (laughs) you know, bring spirit close in a way that the human can grab hold. And it was like, Oh, that's the truth for me. It was like, I was already having this big experience of life, but it didn't make sense in a linear three-dimensional world. And so the psychedelic along with ritual just created a big enough container for everything to make sense. And so that I think is, is with conflict, right? Conflict and conflict resolution, like the conflict gets too big and whatever container we have isn't big enough. And so we've found in particular that psychedelics in conjunction with ritual is the sweet spot for that. So Um, usually it's born in imagination first, which is something that we talk about too, is that, um, the experience, which we call the journey because psychedelics aren't just about in the the moment of ingestion. It's about the entire experience and what's happening for you and how, in my perspective is these are living sentient beings, creatures, and chemicals. And so we are in relationship with them and the relationship begins when we like hear the call, just like a conversation with, you know, uh, with a human being. So, um, so the journey, that's why we call it a journey because it's a whole experience and you be, you're different at the end than you were at the beginning. So for us, it feels like, I think this is true that, uh, the ritual and the journey begins just with the idea. You know, it's like, there's this implanting, there's this sense of like, oh, something's brewing here that is bigger than just the three-dimensional conflict resolution style. Yeah, I, true? no, I, th- I think that is true. And p- in particular, the thing that you're speaking to, Jane, was we had reached a place that had a little bit of a communication impasse. And it was that we needed to communicate, in fact, about the fact that we were struggling to communicate. <laughs> and so what happened was, is that the, then, you know, there was an invitation. I think this is important. That on that day, there was an invitation to can we have this conversation and should we use 
psychedelics, in this case, mushrooms. And so both of us checked into that listening place and the answer was yes. And so the ritual that happened afterwards is that we woke up and then we prepared the space, cleaned the space, put a fire in the fireplace. Your um, house, inside your house. In, mm -hmm. Inside the house. Yeah. And so the, the cleaning of that is like what Angela was saying is the ritual is a container to hold the energy and keep it directed. And so as we go through the ritual, it's like, you know, symbols are things that hold meaning deeper than what they are literally. And so as we were cleaning, it was also bringing us into focus. Mm -hmm. And it was bringing our mind, our emotions, our bodies into this place where we had set intentionality. And so the environment then supported it because the environment was clean. We, it smelled good. It was clean. Like that was part of what the ritual was. And then we invited something that's so vital, which is the third. You know, so you when you meditate or when you come into relationship, you're inviting the third, which is the thing that's created between the two of you. And so when you invite uh, the divine, Wait, wait, wait. Let me just slow down with that. So the third is it's not Brian. It's not Angela. It's is it the relationship? Is the relationship the third, or is spirit the it's third? It's it's all of it. It's the relationship to all of it because you know, at least this is this is my take, and I think Angela's too. Is that we're here to develop intimacy, and the intimacy is a relationship to all things. So our my relationship to Angela deepens because we both listen to spirit, universe, the trees. The whatever it is, right? And so the third encompasses all of that. And if we're listening and we're good shepherds of the third, then we both become more, better, and deeper because of it, right? So it's like if we're both in consent and we've defined what the third is, it gets first priority. And because we've consented to it, it makes us more of what we are. Does that right. Make sense? So the relation, I think so. So the relationship is seen as something that is greater than you and that is sort of like a, a spiritual entity it has a spiritual existence and it has the ability to to connect you more broadly more expansively to uh the world to all of it the cosmos you know to the whole yeah. experience yes i i see what you mean so that so yes um Yes, that, so there's this constant sort of return to the idea of something something higher and greater that you access together, but it's not just about Brian and it's not just about Angela. Is that right? That's right. And if we're doing it right, not only is it higher and greater and more mystical, but it's more gritty, it's more dirty, it's more messy, right? It's like because expansion never happens in just one direction, right? It happens in every direction. So when one of the, and also there's another message that I got when maybe we did a first journey together, which was, I got this message that said, get in and buckle up because this is going to be a wild ride. And we were both like, eh, whatever, right? Because we're still in the beginning bliss, but it's really kicked our ass. Mm -hmm. Like our relationship is, has mm -hmm. taken us to the edge of who we think we are individually and in relationship and then beyond because it's been so difficult. Right, but the degree that we can go into the muck is the opportunity. It's been so difficult. What? It's so difficult to sustain the relationship. So difficult to get along. Like what? What do you? I mean, I, I could keep talking. To you, which is... <laughs> we well, don't get too much muck, but you know. Well, it, but it, but there is a, a lot of of muck, and as as we're talking, part of me is grinning and just enjoying that. It's. So the word that keeps coming to mind for me is just we, like it's a way to enter the we, 
And I think a lot of times our individual psychological suffering is it's a forgetting of the we, you know, and that might manifest on the individual plane is like, oh, I feel lonely or I don't belong or I'm in heart rate because I broke up with my person or this is painful because this thing I want, I can't have. And, and to me, those are all different ways of just forgetting, forgetting that we're all part of the we and, and we find the we through this is one way through relationship and particularly through conscious relationship or particularly through conscious relationship with the support of psychedelics. Um, but another way to say it is like, I think that's what people look for when they go to church. I think that's what people look for when they go to football games, you know, that moment of we, where everybody is somehow Mm -hmm. in it together. Yeah. Um, I, for those who practice yoga, I think another, we're talking about yoga. We're talking about union to yoke. What is it? We're yoking. You know, in the grandest sense, we're yoking everything. So we're yoking the above with the below. We're yoking the outer with the inner. And so, um, that, yeah. that everything is really important. It's I the everything. It's the shadow and the light. It's the it. trauma. It's the past. It's all, all is welcome. I mean, that's something that, man, we talk about um, when we're helping people integrate or process to, to go on their own psychedelic experiences in a safe way is really the practice of how much can you welcome? Because the more we can say, all is welcome, all is welcome, all is welcome. What are you here to teach me? The more expansive as opposed to like terrifying. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> the yeah. experiences. That, that yeah, the I mean, it feels like, so, sorry, can I just say something? Uh, it feels like we, what we're talking about is, um, I mean, it's sort of back to this idea of, of love is in the listening mm-hmm. and it's hard to listen when you're locked into your own individual sense of exactly what it is you need right now. And I think this is where couples mm-hmm. get stuck and people get stuck is, um, you know, when needs appear and often they're sort of unmet needs from, from childhood, uh, they feel very urgent. You know, I just need you to do this for me or you didn't do this for me. And, and it feels like the only thing that's going to make you feel better in that moment, I think this is the ego's perspective, is to have that is to have your wish granted, is to be sated, is to eat that food you need to eat, to be mm-hmm. given that, whatever it is from your partner, and then everything will be okay, which is sort of definitely rather childlike state. And I suppose, you know, it takes some some work and some, co- co- um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, coaxing, like maybe the ritual mm-hmm. is a thing that sort of coaxes you into a, a broader, more kind of grown up and expansive state of mind where you're like, there's more to heaven than earth than my apparently very urgent need right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Does that resonate? I love that, actually. And, and I love that you, you spoke to the word ritual. And what landed for me as you said that was also that the ritual is our way of being as responsible as we can and consenting to what you just said. Right. Like if I'm in my individual ego, my belief has to be oriented from the place of my hunger is the most important thing. It's the most real thing. And getting it satiated is the best thing. And then we have these moments of awakening where we go, okay, my little self still believes that, but I also trust there's something greater. And so coupling, conscious coupling and conscious coupling with psychedelics, I think is a way to open to that, whatever the greater is. Okay. What happens if we are with the hunger instead of expecting it to be satiated? And then the ritual, the preparation is it just landed. As you said, that is 
it's it's a three-dimensional way of being as responsible as possible. Okay, Sausha is a is a yogic philosophy, which is cleanliness. And it's a way that you prepare yourself for yoga is you clean. You know, so there's a way, okay, I'm gonna be responsible for this greater thing. I'm gonna invite her, him, it as best as we can. So we're gonna clean. That's our responsibility. And it's also a little bit of a contract. It, it's a consent. It's a yes, this thing is happening. We don't know exactly what it is. And we're consenting to greater, higher, gooder for the purpose of love and healing. So, okay. And we're doing it the best way we know how, which is to move our bodies around the three-dimensional plane and burn sage, <laughs> you know, and say our prayers and ring our bells and call in the directions and go, okay. Yeah. And I think, and I, but and I think, and once that's done, it takes an attitude of comfort being with the unknown because the, you know, it's like if somebody were going to take a psychedelic journey or do any kind of uh, practice that's going to get them in touch with the numinous or whatever may take them beyond, the de- this is my feeling around it, is the degree they can go is the degree they're comfortable with being with discomfort. But if, you're, if your goal is to avoid or numb discomfort, we have to find a new goal if we're really going to do intimate work because the discomfort is often the path. You know, it guides us to where we can experience a limitation that we need to go beyond. So when we do the ritual, we're inviting something, saying, yes, doing our best. There's also this place where we've agreed to welcome the unknown, which can be scary, terrifying, illuminating, blissful, all the different things. Um, But it's like that place. If we're full of ourselves, we can't be full of God or the universe or whatever it is. And so. It's that invitation. I'm willing to be scared. I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I'm willing because whatever I'm committed to, I think is more than that. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, first of all, sort of how in terms of these dimensions evolved you are compared to the average person. You know, so many people don't even want to do couples therapy or have a deep conversation with their partner, right? So so we're right. talking about kind of sort of extremes of of exploration. And I think that um, some of these modalities, whether it's couples therapy or going on a psychedelic journey can feel, um, very threatening for people who haven't mm-hmm. done it. Um, because you kind of know there's going to be that discomfort, you know, there's going to be a reckoning, you know, that you're kind of most likely going to see under the hood of your, you know, uh, you know, conscious everyday frontal cortex experience and get into something maybe a bit more, more gnarly. And I think that, cause I've, you know, I've been there. I, I, I never wanted to go on this path, but um, hey, it happened. Um, and but what I discovered along the way is is the benefit of being humbled, the benefit of having your ego taken out of the driver's seat. Um, yeah, there's an icky right. feeling, and you know, you when you're confronted with your shadows, and you're like, oh yeah, I was like an asshole to that person, or I you know, I wasn't conscious or I wasn't kind or I was a bad mama, you know, endless things that you get kind of confronted with. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, on the other side of that, there's a, there's more love, there's more acceptance, there's less taking yourself seriously. So I think that the, the rewards that you find when you've gone through the tunnel of discomfort are immense. Rewarding, but the thing is, I, I imagine though, Jane, you had something there that started the journey that you had a desire and you had curiosity. Because if people don't, if they're going to come to couples therapy, take a psychedelic journey, do anything, 
it's like the requirements, at least from my perspective, is they have to have a desire to know or grow, and they have to have curiosity because curiosity will keep the nervous system open when something scary happens, when it could contract if there isn't curiosity. So my guess is, my question to you would be, did you have desire and curiosity? And if so, I bet they carried you to the next step. Yeah, I mean, that's a good observation. And and I've always had an enormous amount of curiosity. Um, and I've also had been averse to pain and discomforts. But my curiosity has been stronger than my aversion. <laughs> so, I, you know, that's been the, that's been the leader. And that's what it know, takes, right? Like that's, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's, yeah. Well, and that's the, this is where I can geek out on mythology and things, which that's the, that's the herald. You know, it's that point in the fairy tale where the frog, you know, kind of beckons you into the forest or into the deeper waters. And one of the things that we've lost sight of in our modern Western uh, kind of shared imagery is we've lost some of those gods, goddesses, and fairy tales that hold what we're talking about, which is that beautiful paradoxical complexity of life. And and so that's where I get excited because it's like in our modern world, we want the invitation in the Herald to be the shiny thing. And then we want it to get exponentially shinier and better from there. And then that's confirmation that we've made the right choice. And these kinds of journeys that we're talking about, these depth, curious, I'm afraid of it, but I'm going anyway, that's the hero's journey. That's where the herald is the snake or the frog or the fault or the blunder or the icky or the, the part of your body that you hate or the trauma. By the way, trauma can be a beckoning. You know, it's horrible. It, it can be devastating and horrific. And it can also be one of those dark, disgusting characters that invites you into a deeper way of being. So I get so excited because mm-hmm. that's the frog, right? And the, in those fairy tales, when we really slow down, it's like we know, oh, it's not in avoiding the frog. It's not in conquering the frog. It's not in slaying the frog. It's not in running away from the frog. It's in kissing mm. the frog, right? So there's that fear. There's that disgusting. There's that accident. There's that awful thing. And man, if we can bring it close mm. and welcome and be with it, then the next unimaginable thing, magical thing Because mm. her, her dissertation was titled The Necessity of Madness. And the necessity of madness is is the offering, right? The madness is the offering to consciousness and expansion and intimacy. At mm-hmm. least, I mean, that's my interpretation, but the madness can take any form, right? Fear, eating disorder, whatever it might be. Violence, you know? chaos. But, but our mantras, when we would help people is, you know, the mantra is, welcome, what have you brought to teach me? Mm. Um, and, and it can happen, you know, like I'm primarily a couple's therapist. If a couple comes in and they're starting, I mean, Angela and I are talking about probably encountering, we've done tremendous years, years of work and personal work and therapy and various things. But even if a couple that's just starting out and never spoken about their inner life or their interpersonal life together, if they come in and sit down on our couch and just say, I'm really afraid to be here, the journey to everything just started because they put voice to an inner state of fear. And then we get to meet that fear with everything, you know, starting with how do we make it feel safe? And then, so it's, you know, I guess what I would be unconscious of if somebody's listening to this and they're afraid, Oh my gosh, I can't, these guys are talking about things and ways of relating that are so far. It's, 
it's like when I was learning to surf, my coach said, bigger wave, same principle, right? So if you're just starting the same principle, it's like, I'm curious to be with my fear and I invite it because I believe based on people that I trust who've been there before, I believe there might just be something better for me if I look at mm, I like that. It's, and that's, yeah. So on the other side of the fear. And when I, I just, when I, when I started surfing, my coach, I couldn't get out past the waves. So you're talking about bigger waves. I couldn't even get out. I couldn't leave the shore. And I said, do you have a tip? Like, what's the special tip? How do I do this? And this little 20 year old, you know, unbeknownst to himself, guru just looked at me and he's like, well, yeah, you just keep paddling. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, similarly, right? You just keep paddling wherever you are. You just keep paddling and you keep going for it. So many good metaphors. I, you know, I, I really like this idea of um, the the shadow, the frog and the relationship being an invitation. So if, mm. if a fight is a frog or a stagnation in a relationship or mm. a, any kind of relationship problem is a frog, then we know on the other side of this, this frog, there is the potential for transformation. And then in laying out the ritual for the conversation about the frog, we're inviting in the the possibility, the prospect even of transformation. So I want to go back to this. We're in your living room. We've cleared the space, which is a beautiful sort of metaphor for we care about this. We care about each other. We care about our space. We care about this structure that we're building. We clear the space. You say some prayers. I think they could be, I'm sure they could be any prayers, right? Any kind of reach out um, mm-hmm. to to the greater good. And um, and then I suppose you sit down and talk. Tell me about, oh, and you take some mushrooms. Let's not forget this, right? So, mm-hmm. so talk me through that bit. <laughs> well, Go ahead. I, I think, yeah, the setting the space and then taking, you know, it's like a microdose of mushrooms, right? So it's like, it's, it's like subperceptible, but it still works on the nervous system in the brain. And, and then once we sit down, um, I, I think there's a thing of knowing, knowing the topic, having agreed to meet there, and then also knowing your partner. And in our relationship, one of the things that works, you know, that I find works best is, you know, and I'll just say on this day, what I said was here, here we are. And and it's my understanding that this is why we're here and this is what we seek to do. And, and then that Mm kind of sets the groundwork, the frame. Uh, It also checks in because I think one of the things I've learned about Angela is the invitation for her not only her internal invitation, but really a real clear invitation from me is really, is really helpful. And then she's an extremely powerful woman, like a beautiful, powerful woman. And once she feels the invitation and she gets to step into that and let that energy flow, then it is a very powerful process. But the beginning, you know, anytime you touch power, like I worked as an electrician in college getting up, like, you have to be so careful when you're approaching higher voltage. And mm-hmm. so I think both of us have learned to be careful around that. And I think the invitation, mm-hmm. I know my partner, I know what happens. So we set that stage. And then anyway, I'll stop talking about that. But I think that was a really powerful thing of learning. 
Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like even, even I'm sure Jane can see it happening, but um, even in this process, there's that. Yeah, as you make an invitation, and part of the invitation is um, a spaciousness, a, a speaking intimately and specifically to the other. It, even in this moment in the podcast, you know, I, I can feel things moving for me more profoundly. So that was a nice little and. This is a good example too, right? Of this is there's there's so many invitations waiting for us at any moment, and I think something we we I think we say you can tell me if you don't, but you know there's many ways to enter these sort of non ordinary places where we go. You know, my wanting is to get beyond where I am. You know, prayer can be one, psychedelics can be one, vulnerability can be one, and how can you be more vulnerable than in a relationship, whether it's with a friend that you actually are invested in or you know, a partner, but that I love to remember and remind like vulnerability is always, it's immediately available. So you don't have to do all of these things and have this, let no vulnerability is immediately available. The minute you like share an image. But Angela, vulnerability you know? is so damn yes. hard, especially when you're old. It's you know, terrifying. When you're your partner or you feel abandoned <laughs> or, you know, one of these like core, you know, places in you. Yeah. Yeah. Construct. The last thing you want to do is be vulnerable. Yeah. You just want to fucking win or, or you yeah. know, kill them or something. Well, I don't know. You know right. Okay. You don't want to be soft. So here's a good, a good yeah. shout out. Yeah. So a good shout out for, um, for your plant ally. And for me, it's mushrooms in particular. That is not true for everyone. And, and that would be a whole separate conversation, but I'll just name it. But a specific, I have many plant allies. I have yarrow. I have chamomile. I have lavender. I think rosemary is yours, you know, so we're not just talking about the, the more than human. Um, we're not just talking about psychedelics, right? There's a lot of more than human helpers we have. And so one of mine specifically is mushrooms. And so all of this was to say, they support me in entering and embodying vulnerability and remembering my truth because I've, and, and I would not, I, I would strongly recommend against entering, um, any work with psychedelics, if you're in the beginning, if you're in a fussy place, that is not a good way. I mean, you can work with them by imagining them. Um, or we were talking earlier about um, you can work with the spirit of the medicine just by learning about it. Look at its chemical makeup. Talk, be in conversation about it. Um, be around it, right? So Just even how it lives in the forest. How it lives in the yeah. forest, right? Like how these things manifest has a lot to show us. So we can learn just by, you know, uh, you don't have to ingest these. And, you know, also, by the way, it's illegal in a lot of states. So it's been made really difficult for a lot of people. But one of the things that works now for me, I would not have done this in the beginning, but we entered a space together and I was fussy. I was not, I knew that vulnerability was the right choice, but my human self could not choose it. I was mad. I was agitated. But again, we've done this long enough that I knew that it was the higher choice. I knew that my highest self wanted it, but my low self couldn't choose it. When you say it. it, you mean vulnerability. So I was setting, meaning vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, I was setting up the house for ritual, but like, this is, this is stupid. This is annoying. I know it isn't really, but my low self. So it, it's just funny that you say, you know, vulnerability is difficult. There have been a few times, only a few, but there have been a few times where it was like, 
in a humble place, I had to kind of ask the mushrooms, like, please be gentle with me. I'm going to do this. I know that it's the right choice, but my human self is really struggling because I'm mad and I want to be right. And I can't let that go in this ordinary state of consciousness. And at this stage in the game, um, they showed up for me anyway. You know, it was like the softness moved in, the heart opened, you know, and then I even had heart opening and tenderness for the one who didn't want to be vulnerable and was kicking and screaming as she did her sacred ritual. Uh, the part of yourself, you know, you, you so there was part of yourself that didn't want to give it up and you yeah. could have compassion for her. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So like even yeah. her, even she, you know, me 10 minutes earlier, you know, even she wasn't outside the embrace of the love, the care, like literally all is welcome. It's not just a saying. So it's like, even the one who isn't welcoming, she's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that whole thing, Jane, from inviting heavenly awareness that uh, a meeting was needed, mm-hmm. you know, for us to meet a conscious intention, a yes, all the preparation, the ritual, the thing, you know, all of that led to, we did one thing differently than we've done uh, in the past. Only one. And it's like what I tell my mm-hmm. co- my couples that I work with, like massive improvement is two to three percent a week. You know, if you can do if you can make next week two to three percent better than this week, we're free. You know, and so we did all of that we talked about and as much work as we've done on ourselves, there was only one single choice, one thing that we did differently. That changed. Can you that. share That's what the thing was? That happened. I mean, I can. Are you okay yeah, with me ahead. sharing it? Like, there- so by the way, so I, I think we made it clear, but yeah, we're we're talking generally, but also specifically, there was a moment of frustration, encounter, difficulty in our individual selves and in the relationship, and Brian got the message to use psychedelics in service to whatever was trying to emerge. So then that's mm-hmm. where this whole thing started, and he asked for the help building the container and I was sassy and fussy. And so, yeah, so we did the whole thing Yeah, 12 hours later. Right. <laughs> and so, so we're in the conversation, you know, and it's a two and a half hour conversation, but there's a moment in the conversation where there's something that I'm trying to invite. And Angela has a response, which is to me feels felt hopeless, not in get whatever. And I had a reaction where I was just like, ugh, like I was a little crestfallen because I, my little self wanted something different. And in the past, and it happened a little bit then too, my reaction has a way of, in that way, has a way of wiping out her enthusiasm or her willingness or her whatever. And I go beyond fight. I go beyond flight and like deep into existential collapse. Yeah. And there's no way out, right? And and then and I know at that point, I generally I've lost her. Like we we've lost the thing that was hoping to germinate. We've lost the connection to each other. And I don't know how. You know, blah blah blah. And then a few minutes later, I could feel she made a different choice. And all it took was all the things we did: the ritual, the microdose of the mushrooms, the things. It allowed the space for her to have enough freedom from the state she would normally drop in historically to make a what different, was the choice. different choice. And then, well, I'll get there. And then when she made the different choice, then put words to it, right? And so, so the different choice was 
I mean, you want to you want to speak to the no, go ahead. The different choice was, I think there might be. It's like desire and curiosity. I want something different, and I'm curious about it. There might be something else here if I choose to stay with this conversation. If I bring something back, another point, because where she would fall and collapse, let's say, there's no conversation after that. And she brought back the conversation and said, here's what I went through, and here's what happened, and you did this, and I was frustrated and disappointed. So yeah, she stayed in I the got fight. it. I got she it. She reconnected in. with you, and she spoke to her experience when she Thank goes you. to that dark place. That, got it. Up. Okay, yeah, that feels you so important, actually, for for all of couples is to kind of to speak into that unbearable, because it's not always that unbearable to the other person. It's unbearable to us when we're experiencing it. And it's temporary. Right. And the and, and the problem yes, is if right. if we feel it and we feel it strongly and deeply, we're sure yes. we're right. And that was one of my learnings when we hit a crisis in our relationship. You know, like before we bought this house and stuff, where I was like, I don't think I can go any farther because I felt it. I was sure I was right. And I think for us, psychedelics and good therapy has been really mm-hmm. helpful. And the therapist said, kind of slapped me and was like, Brian, you don't even realize what you're not bringing. And I was like, it was like thunder went off, right? But this is what I'd say to people. Just because you feel it does not mean you're absolutely right. It just means your feeling is real. This makes me laugh because it's, you know, we're all therapists and we so we know how much of our work is about um, giving permission to feelings, welcoming feelings, having Mm. the fucking feelings. Uh, Feelings are genuinely so important and yet... We are not our feelings. So we spend all this time, you know, helping people have them. But the the next realization or a co-occurring realization is this is something we experience. This is part of our human experience. We want to allow it, but it is not our identity. It's not who we actually are. And not our own. It's not our own. Yeah. yeah, Not our own. Yeah. It's our expression. It's not our identity. It's not, it's not who we existentially That's are. That's a nice way to put it. I'm not existentially angry. Mm-hmm. I experience yeah. anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, just to call back in, call in metaphors and things that are arriving again too, is it's like, it's one of the things I appreciate so much about the language of, of alchemy. And without having to understand the whole thing, the idea, the idea, idea again, is that, um, you know, just thinking of alchemical chemistry, and, and feelings are so for things to really transform. I mean, we have we have a fire behind us, which is a, it, it's an alchemical process. And the idea is that with this it's like feelings help their ingredients to create the fire, but they're not the thing itself. So we want them. Right. We want to welcome them. They give us insight. It might be the frog. It might be the this. Right. But it might be the sulfur. It might be. But they're they're part of the process, but we get so intoxicated by it, right? Whether it's bliss or anger or anything in between, we get intoxicated by the thing. But like, that's just the sulfur that's supposed to aid in the fire. And then the fire does her magical thing of transformation. And then the new thing is there, but we get, so yeah, it's about honoring and welcoming in, but, but also having discernment to not be intoxicated by the ingredients for the magic. Right. And being able to step back and. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. And I think there's something else important there in terms of 
that I'd want to distinguish between Angela and me and our relationship and what other people may need or want, which is, what is the goal? You know, like for us, when we got together, our goal was not to stay together. Our goal was to find the truth, right? And so what is the truth of our existence, mm-hmm. our being, or whatever it is? And so this, this relationship may serve us for a time, a season, or whatever. So, a lifetime. A lifetime, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but, that's, not, but that's not the ultimate goal. <laughs> Twelve lifetimes, yeah. But but so the so the but invitation, yeah you're right that's uh, not what some, we're in service to right like that that's a playful moment but also sincere like I do have a preference I do have a stake in the game right and um, that's not what I'm in service to I'm not a devotee of my preference even though I still have them well said, yeah. that that what we're committed to right. is the truth and and some couples you know they come in they're like look I'm not looking some people come in legitimately and they're like I just want to cope with life. And cope with my relationship. And coping is different than healing. And coping is different than, you know, this kind of expansion that I think we're particularly hungry for. And coping is absolutely fine. Some people just want to find a way. I just want to not be in pain. And I want to live a life that is safe. And that is perfectly okay. But that's not what we have agreed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that. I think that's that's good perspective. and, And yeah, very true. Um, so I've been taking some some notes as we've been talking on kind of almost like, you know, bullet points on, on you know, where psychedelics can help in, in relationships, not that we're necessarily advocating, but it's certainly an interesting uh, exploration. So we've got this, this idea of truth and truth seeking. We've got, and I want you guys to listen and see if I've left, left anything off the list. Um, vulnerability, you know, being able to access and communicate vulnerability um, the ability to connect to higher realms, to uh, dissipate conflict through increase in compassion and decrease in fear. Um, I don't know if we've talked about increase in vision and and um, perspective. Oh, and then there's something actually, Brian, you were mentioning this, I think, uh, recently about a moment where you'd been um, – meditating and you had this insight that dropping trash on the ground was the same as dropping trash on yourself. And it was such a great um, illustration of um, getting closer to the sort of the unified state, this feeling of like, we're all connected. Everything is, is connected. That's right. Um, So is there anything I've left out there? I mean, I'm sure there are many things (laughs) as a synopsis. Well, well, I, you know, I guess the part that I just want to make sure is entered is that psychedelics, they, it's, another, it's another medium to connect to the truth. And the truth can be, before I expand out into bliss, I have to go through something that was painful, right? And so there has to be that invitation and space for that. So, you know, I guess it's just that, that caveat that is so rich in the muckiness, too. And we've gone through some really hard things individually and in our relationship. And so there's a way where we could just highlight in the interview, oh my God, look at, you know, but it's like, it's, it's, it's a journey into self, you know, like, um, so anyway, I think that's, that's the part. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's a, there's a gnarly side to it. And whether you see that as a disadvantage 
to taking psychedelics or a very important part of it is going to be, you know, down to your individual preference, I suppose. Um, I'd like to just, you know, um, close by asking you guys specifically for, um, for advice, counsel for couples who might want to start kind of tiptoeing into this area safely and exploring it, who maybe they can't access guides or, or afford guides, um, as many people can't, unfortunately, but, you know, maybe they want to just uh, tiptoe in themselves. What would you recommend? I, I think what I would say is just really look at what makes you curious, what makes you uncomfortable, learn about both, and then use your imagination to explore. Because so much happens in the, the, you know, the nervous system doesn't know that what we imagine isn't real, right? So it's, we get the experience and experience is what's transformational. So in the imaginal of what we are curious about and want and what makes me uncomfortable, both are amazing places to start. Um, And then, you know, and then learn. And if you're on the path and you're listening deeply to what's true for you, I fully 100% believe that the universe will meet you there and the next will show itself through the listening and the next step will show itself through the listening. I love all of that. And I would, in I'll say general and then specific, big surprise in general, I would say start with listening and start with respect and activate as much awe as you can. And you can do that through my favorite is fantastic fungi. I think it does a beautiful job of, of activating awe in these incredible beings that exist, but there's a lot out there. I mean, luckily people are talking about it again and back to the fifties, there's beautiful research. And I'm sure beyond that, that's just as far as my knowledge goes, but learn about it, learn where they came from, like activate your respect and awe. Um, and, and knowledge, information, and, um, and again, imagining works, looking at the chemicals works, ingesting is, is down the road. And then very specifically, I would say don't do it in isolation. Again, we're talking about the energy of we, but also specifically we, be in community. Things that are terrifying on your own are less so. So talk to people, find couples, find guides, find integration support groups. Those are completely legal wherever you are. We're allowed to talk about what we've experienced. So, you know, there's in-person, there's online integration support groups that help integrate all kinds of non-ordinary states. And specifically, honestly, I would give a shout out to um, the, I think it's called the Navigating Psychedelics Trip Journal. Is that right, team? I think so. Yeah. Navigating Psychedelics Trip Journal. It's really, it, it works for people who are starting pretty much at zero and wanting to work with these compounds and, and, and in a responsible clear, way. That's the title. That's the title. Navigating Psychedelics. Navigating Psychedelics Trip Journal. It's by Psychedelics Today. Yeah. Um, and it's really plain English and it gives you categorically different kinds. Do you want to experience, you know, do you want to party? Do you want spiritual? Do you want transformational? And really talks you through, um, it, yeah, talks you through how to set up this, how to be safe, how to process, gives you journal prompts. So to me, yeah. if it, it's a really easily accessible uh, tool, yeah. it is a good rate support. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, That's sure. all very helpful. And um, I'd like to wrap up, maybe um, we could go one at a time. Um, 
tell me something you wish for in the future for could be for yourselves or this this work um and then please tell us where we can find you what i wish for myself and for everybody else that i work with is just really a deeper experience of heart-centered aliveness heart-centered aliveness yeah i love that in the grand i wish for love <laughs> and in the very very specific i wish for the soon rapid forthcoming immediate now decriminalizing of these substances and experiences so that we get to just be open in our support and help of each other because that's how these I think that's how humans do best is in love and support of each other. And certainly these experiences not excluded. Um, yeah. Right now that feels the most true. Amen and, to both of these prayers. Right. Yeah. Yes. Love and legalization. Love <laughs> and legalization, baby. Legalizing love oh, every step of the way. That's good. That's, um, good. that's a good uh, tagline. Right. Well, look, I, I love you both and I'm, I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you today and can you just just tell us where to find you online or wherever we are not great at social media although that's way far out as a wish we're around but best way to me is just straight through my website angela taylor lcsw.com those have links and such um i'll, jo- I'll join that team brian matson brian with an i matson m-a-t-t-s-o-n brian matson m-f-t at no dot com that's it <laughs> brian matt and mft.com we're great at social we're media great. and promotion we're clearly just i think i have another find these people here. what you have to do is just like walk into the go forest, to the forest. Uh, <laughs> and, and listen and listen oh my god we just, sound like we're barely on anything the else just like listen yeah. love is in the listening and we we really are on the planet we are here. Uh, yeah, yeah sure yeah. sure sure yeah. um Oh, thank you, loves. And Love you, thank James. you. Great and to thank you. Today. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, and thank you for doing this and inviting us into this space and um, yeah, doing what you do for yeah. Thank you for doing what you do for all, and then specifically for us. It's a blessing. Yeah, we love chatting with you, friend. Ah, I love it. Come back, bye, baby. Bye, bye, bye.